Hey friends, welcome to the show. This is Coffee, Conversation and Coaching, and I'm your host, Christian speaker and life coach, Rebecca Ann Perkins. Here, I'm on the hunt with you for those big ideas, that profound biblical truth, and those practical tools that help us think better and grow better and live that faithful life that we know we're called to live, and the one that leads to the most joy. We believe that life is beautiful even when it's hard, that God is good even when it's hard to see it, and we're building our whole lives on his perfect love for us. Are you ready to be empowered by truth? Challenged to do more with your life and faith? Awesome. So glad you're here. Let's dive in. Well, listeners, I'm really excited today to um, introduce you guys to one of my colleagues and friends. Um, Her name is Tammy. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. But today we're going to be having a conversation about grief, which doesn't sound like a really happy, positive conversation. (laughs) Um, But what I know from from being her friend is that um, she is a joyful woman. She's experienced grief in her own life in a very, very, very deep way. And yet she has harnessed, I believe, the joy of the Lord through it. Um, And I'm just really excited to talk to her about it and see what we can learn from her today. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, let's have fun talking about grief. (laughs) Yeah. Is that possible? Like, is that okay? Actually, (laughs) you know, we who knows? Um, I don't shy away from talking about grief and realize that there is having grief in my life has helped me understand joy at such a deeper level. And it's also helped me understand and having the joy helps me understand my grief at a deeper, deeper level. So like, yeah, it could be a fun conversation. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. Um, and before we do, why don't you just let everybody know kind of where you're from and, um, quickly your story. You don't have to go too far into it, but if whatever you're kind of comfortable sharing with sure. mm-hmm. Well, the down and dirty, um, my name is Tammy. I am, I'm a widow. I, um, I have, um, I have two amazing kids who are now, um, a preteen and a teenager. And, um, I was married to an amazing man, um, who is my high school sweetheart and he was a fighter pilot and on his first deployment, um, two weeks into his deployment, he lost his life. And at that point, I was I had a two and a four year old at home. And I I'm not I wasn't new to grief. I lost my mom to cancer. And um, I lost a, a good friend when I was younger. Um, but I will say that losing a spouse at a young age, um, I was only I was 32. Okay. Uh, really, really changed my life. Yeah. Um, yeah there probably aren't aren't words for it i can't imagine i was about to ask because i didn't quite remember how old you were so you were 32. i was 32. i had a two and a four year old and um was your husband if you don't mind me asking he was 31. he was 31. and you guys have been married for how long we were married for just over seven years but we were together for you know since high school um he was my high school sweetheart we were friends first and then we we fell in love and got married and uh, or went to college, got married and had kids. And just, we had a really good life. It wasn't perfect. Um, he was gone a lot because of his job. I was also in the Air Force. Um, and so at, not at that time, but I got out after I had my son. So we were both two military members. And so we knew what it was like to be apart from each other. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew going into the deployment, it was going to be different. I had that feeling, that understanding. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how different it really was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just a shock two weeks into, into the deployment. And I, I got the knock on the door. Wow. And how long ago was that? That was almost 10 years ago. Um, this coming March, um, it was in 2012 okay. and yeah, it's been almost 10 years. This, um, this month will be my 10th wedding anniversary that he's missing. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and I, just for the listeners, I did know this story. I mean, I know it, it's always, um, it's always hard to hear like loss on that level is always, it's just not okay. You know, when I think sometimes about grief and, and specifically about death, it's like, it's just such a reminder to me that, you know, we're made for heaven. (laughs) We're made for eternity. We're not really made to have to deal with this here. Uh, and yet you've had to, and, and kind of on the level that some people feel like are, is unsurvivable, you know, like I just got married three months ago and, um, I have already had a few of those thoughts. I'm like, I don't know how I would possibly survive that. I don't know how I would survive that. I don't know how I wouldn't be mad at God forever, you know, if something like that happened. And so, um, you know, I want to get to the good stuff. I want to get to how beautifully you help women now, but if you don't mind me asking, um, how did you get through the initial parts? So the initial parts, um, I, I will tell you that I felt God with me every step of the way. Mm. I remember after I was told, um, Mm. I remember falling to the ground and I remember, you know, as they're telling me and, and, you know, at this time, my two-year-old comes up, which, because it's nap time and she's hungry and she's like, mommy, mommy, you know, I, I'm hungry, mommy. And all I, and all I feel and all I hear is like this, this hand around me saying, mm. this is going to be really hard, mm. but I'm, but we're going to get through this together. You're, this is not going to ruin you. This is not, um, oh, you're about this to is make not, <laughs> pardon me. You're about to make me cry. <laughs> well, this part will, and then we'll get to the, the good stuff. Um, no, it's, um, it's one of those moments that it's a defining moment that I knew that this is what, that I wasn't alone in it. Um, and then from there, I was surrounded by amazing people. Um, I had people who, um, spent the night at my house, my two-year-old stopped sleeping completely and she would only go to two other people. And so they would take turns with me so I could get sleep and they would hold her upright. So that way she would try to sleep because a toddler who's not sleeping is not helpful to anybody. Right. And, but really it's my faith and the faith that I've built, you know, before, which I experienced God in a completely different way. And I, I don't want to over-spiritualize or make it seem like, it, but really like I just allowed him to support me and um, I had no other choice because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't, the counselor in me wants to like sit with you. Right. But that's not what you need. <laughs> you don't need me to sit with you in these emotions. No, no. Dive in. Let's talk. We're going to dig in for the benefit of the listeners. Um, it feels weird for me to just like move on when it's I want to okay. support you. But, um, you, what you just said there is that you allowed God to support you. Um, that's really profound. I think that's really profound. Um, for anybody listening right now, who's going through any kind of grief, because grief is not just the loss of a loved one. Um, in fact, can you mention a few other things you think it might be or how oh, it like, absolutely. Um, 
I think it could be loss of an identity, a loss of a dream. I mean, I, there's some of the, some of the women that I work with, they, you know, they have great lives, they become mothers, and then all of a sudden they lose themselves in motherhood, and then they're grieving who they are as much as they love their children. Um, you can lose a job, you can lose a, you know, yeah. a goal, a lifestyle. You it's, I mean, it really is loss. any loss, loss that you find profound that yeah. affects you in a way in, in more than one area of your life. Wow. Um, okay. So I'm going to circle back then in a second to that question I was going to ask, because now I'd rather talk about this. Uh, the question I was going to ask is, well, how do you let God support you? But that, that we can get to, I'd rather, just say that I get it. I mean, I get the loss of identity, loss of dream. You know, a lot of people know my story and, and, um, you know, for me when I was specifically about 27 and I felt like the whole, the loss of the dream of how I thought my life was going to go, you know, I really genuinely was raised to believe, and it was hardwired into my gut and into my mind, into my faith, into my identity, that I was supposed to get married in college and have kids young. And that's what I wanted. And then I even went to grad school to try to make that quote unquote happen. And it didn't happen there. And so you're, you know, at me when I was approaching 30 um, and kind of went through a period of what I would call depression, I now know it was grief because I, I was face to face with the reality that my life was not going to be the, what I thought it was going to be or what I wanted. I mean, there was no way that it was going to turn out the way I thought it the way I wanted it to. I mean, it yeah, could, the way it was supposed to. Yeah. The way it was quote unquote supposed to. Um, and people would always say the things, right. Oh, you still have time. Oh, you're still young. And it's like, no, you don't get, you don't get it. Like there was a picture and now the picture's gone. It's broken. Yeah. It's, it's shattered. Um, yeah. I mean, the loss of a dream. Absolutely. I think that as a society, we do not, ex we don't express grief well enough. I don't think we talk about it enough. I think we, we will muffle our own grief because other people have it worse or because, mm -hmm. you know, our, um, you know, just there's so much. And that's one reason why I really, I really like talking about grief and it's an open conversation because grief is, it shapes your life. You will yeah, never be the same after you have experienced true grief and you shouldn't be, if you should not go back to the way it was after you've experienced how, it. How has it shaped your life? How does it? I will say that, um, I was always a caring person, always people. I, I always loved people. I think now that I understand deep sorrow and brokenness that I understand people at a deeper level. Mm -hmm. that I can sit with people when they're upset and I know that I can't fix it, but mm -hmm. I can just be there. Mm -hmm. I, I see people's grief for, for their grief. Like I don't try to compare grief stories. Um, it's really hard because my grief story is, is really profound. It but, is it's a big one, but it doesn't take away from someone else who's experiencing grief because they, they lost a job that they really thought that that was, you know, what they wanted. Mm -hmm. It is, it's, it's how you use it. Mm -hmm. um, now that what you just said is, is hard for some people because there would be right. some people who would be like, it was just a job, suck it up. Like right. suck it up. it's not like someone in your family died. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that some people say to people. So what would you say to the people maybe first of all, who get stuck in, like, is there a difference between grief and self pity? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's um, the so 
self-pity is really all, I mean, you're just circling the, the sorrow, the, what you lost. Um, I think that self-pity is, I mean, it's, it's whining. It is self-pity is, um, it's not productive. It's, I don't think to me, like self-pity is, um, stage making a choice to stay in it because you like the attention. Yes. Like, like I'm, I'm making a choice to stay here. This isn't, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's well, and, and grief, I mean, you can stay, you can make the choice to stay in grief as well. Yeah. But, and I, and unfortunately I know a lot of men and women who that's where they choose to live their life. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more wisdom in growing through grief yeah um and growing through the pain and realizing allowing it to shape you don't mm -hmm. stay stuck in that mm -hmm. that grief moment allow it to you know express how it's changed your life you mm -hmm. know and, and mourn what you lost and um from even in the the future i mean mm -hmm. i i lost all of my hopes and dreams i mean i lost part of my identity like yeah. we were very, we were very independent, but we were dependently independent on each other. Like yeah. we were, title, you were wife, you were, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're in the military. So I have, I mean, I even lost my culture at that point and, and you can stay there and you can hold on to that and it turns into self-pity and you can just, um, just sit in that yeah. early grief, that early, messy, ugly, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Or you can choose mm -hmm. to grow through it and you can choose to allow it to shape who you are going to become. And mm -hmm. you can, and, and I won't say it's easy and it's not momentary. Like, yes, it's not like, okay, six days and we're good to go, mm -hmm. but it is a process and it is mm -hmm. a daily choice to not allow your grief to control the story of your life. Okay. So grief. It could be like, um, holding a grudge where some people hold on to that because it, it justifies, you know, the pain that was done to them. And well, if I let go of this grudge, then it makes it okay. What that other person did to me. So I'm going to be mad at my parents my whole life because if I forgive my parents and it's like, it never happened or whatever. Well, I also think that there's an identity that comes with grief. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, once they have that, they can't see a possible identity after. And so they hold on to that. And this is especially, you know, in the widow world. And I proudly say that I'm a widow like this. There's some people who don't like the word, but I'm like, it tells the story. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it gives them a little glimpse of what I've been through. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, you, you can hold on to that and, and just stay there and not, mm -hmm. and that becomes your identity. But it doesn't make your pain any less no. valid to let it go. Right. To move well, on. I mean, well, and, and the idea is once you realize you don't actually have to move on, you move through it, you move forward. Yeah. And I, when I realized that I did not have to make a choice between grieving my loss and living my life, uh, those are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I realized that like releasing, opening my hand to my grief and allowing healing to happen, does not mean it's going to fall out of my hand or I can't claim that anymore. It doesn't mean that that doesn't still affect me. Yeah. It means that it's, it's part of what I carry, but now my other hand is open too for what the possibilities are. Okay. So can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, the idea that, you know, grieving your loss, 
you can grieve a loss and still live your life. Um, so I'm sure as a therapist, you have watched the, the, the little movie, the cartoon inside out. Yeah. Okay. So I love that. Me too. that it's just, and my favorite part, like I realized that joy and sorrow are actually best friends. Yeah. When you have been through grief mm -hmm. and when you have been through something, mm -hmm. you're actually holding both hands. Mm -hmm. You're everything, everything good in your life is laced with a little bit of sorrow because whether it's there because of your grief experience or because it is like, say your, your child's graduating and your spouse is not there. So every joyful occasion, you have some grief element in it. And the same with everything sad, you also have the joy of, of life. You have the joy of experience and the memories. And so you have both of those. And so that's what I mean. And when you, yeah. you don't have to set down your grief to live your life. And wow. when I wrapped my head around that, yeah. the freedom that came is, um, I can't even, I'm like, I'm still unpacking that. And it's really yeah. what moved me. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many things you've said already. I'm like taking notes over here. I'm like, wait, I want to ask about that. And I want to chase that down. And I'm sure all the listeners are like, well, ask her about that. I know for sure. One of the things they're probably asking about is, you know, rewind it 10 okay. minutes, an hour 15 to when you said it could be the loss of an identity. Sometimes when people have kids, you know, yes. many of my listeners are moms and I'm sure a yeah. bunch of them are going, hello, that's me. I feel like I totally lost myself. What right. of me is even left in, in, you know, ha having had kids. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just talk to us a little yeah. bit. About that. So that is one thing. That is something that I have discovered through studying grief and talking with women and realizing that, um, that is a real loss mm -hmm. and we blow over it and we avoid it or we don't admit it because we're supposed to be happy. I mean, we, we wanted these kids. We love right. these kids. This role is what we've been asking for for years. There's people who can't have it and it's such a blessing. And yeah. I mean, even, and it's not mutually exclusive to if you have your own child, it's even if you adopt, mm -hmm. it's because there's, um, there's part of you that is now, it's not yours anymore. If you don't claim it back, if you don't understand and um, if you don't recognize it, you can give, 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 give. And then all of a sudden you don't, you don't even know who you are anymore. You're just a mom, which I use that in quotes. And I hate that term because I mean, there's, but that's how you feel. Yeah. And that's how you, you get up and you take care of kids and then you take care of your spouse and you go to bed and then you wake up and you're, you're doing the laundry, doing all the things for everyone else and doing it willingly and, you know, joyfully, or so you think, but there's a bitterness that's growing inside. And it's really that loss of, of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you really dive in, it's a loss for everyone around you when you allow that to happen and not recognize it. Uh, okay. So you're saying you kind of experience a loss of who you are when you don't acknowledge the grief. Yes. Like if yes. you acknowledge the grief and claim it as your own, you're kind of honoring who you are and your experience mm -hmm. and you can remain who you are. Like you can right. feel a sense of, okay, my identity's back. Like yes. being a mom is still a lot of giving and a lot of hard work and yes. not a lot of long yes. time, all the other things, but I am owning my own true feelings right now. And, and most right. people don't own those feelings because we feel like they're not allowed. 
yeah, I would say it's not allowed or you almost feel guilty because you shouldn't feel that way. Like that's something you wanted. It's a joyful thing. I get what you're saying. Um, but I hate that phrase. Like that's a terrible, I agree. I'm not so, but why do I feel this way? I'm not supposed to feel I, this way. Like hundred percent agree. Yeah. 100% agree. And I'll, and I'll even go here right now. Um, being married three months, loving yeah. married life, loving yeah. husband. I feel like I'm grieving singleness a little bit. And that is hard to say, like, it's hard I, out loud. It's I, and I see, and I appreciate that you say that. I, it's because, probably shocking though to some people, like you waited all this time and you married like a right? really good man. And I did, oh, but I can't pretend that how I've lived for the last 18 years of my life didn't just change overnight. Right. And there, there's things that there's beautiful things that come with marriage, yeah. but there's also things about you that no longer fits in your new life, or you haven't figured out how to. I haven't figured out how on some of them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But or if you don't intentionally, mm-hmm. well, by identifying it and you realize what you're grieving, mm-hmm. now you know how to address it. You know, you can identify what your needs are mm-hmm. and know you'll not be single again. Mm-hmm. But you'll understand, okay, what actually am I missing from that? What part of it am I grieving? And is this something that I can release and let go and honor that I had it for a time? Or is it something that like, oh, it really does matter to me. And I need to figure out how to create that same experience in my married life. Right. I don't want to let that part of who I am go. Oh, right. But that's your choice now because you've identified it. Yeah. So... (laughs) I feel like we don't have enough time to talk about all the things we want to talk about. (laughs) Something I wrote down a second ago is that, yeah, the fact that these two emotions can coexist at the same time, joy and sorrow are best friends. And and even as we're talking about right now, um, I'm so happy. Like I'm so, like there's a contentedness in my heart that I've never felt. There's like, oh, I don't feel left out anymore. I don't feel lonely. Like there's all these things about being married that I knew I was missing and they're here and they're wonderful Um, and it's like, but I think it blows people's mind that two emotions can coexist. Um, well, I wonder why we struggle with that so much. And is it like a cultural thing? Is it a modern thing? Like why, why can't two emotions coexist? I don't know. I, um, honestly, I, I don't know. And I wish I did. Um, I think a lot of times we are so focused on if there's a happy moment that we shouldn't feel bad. Like there's that, like, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do, you know, we can't. And I'm like, no, why shouldn't you? I mean, if every, every experience in life, like all range of emotions are important to God. Like he was happy. He was sad. He was joyful. Yeah. um, You know, and. And it's almost all a cosmic reflection of mm -hmm. what's going on because we do have the joy of the Lord, our salvation. We do know how this is all going to end. We do have the love of the Lord and, and his full acceptance and all these positive things. And yet all of our hearts still kind of sort of grieve sin. We kind of yes. sort of know we were in yes. this world. We kind of sort of know, like we're longing for the garden of Eden. Yes. I mean, our very experience, if we're honest with ourselves on this planet is one that is of both all the time. Yeah. Even as a Christian, it's both all the Even time. As a Christian. But again, I, yeah, I think that's modern culture where we're just like sold the lie that you can be, I don't know, like perfectly happy all the time or that being perfectly happy all the time is what's best. Right. It's like, it's actually not best. Sometimes it's very good to cry. Sometimes it's very good to grieve. Sometimes it's very good to be depressed. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. 
you can't, you shouldn't stay there. Like that's not right. where you should stay. Right. But if everything was happy all the time and you were never felt sadness, mm -hmm. then what is joy and what does happiness even mean at that point? Yeah, it means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah, I mean, the more that you've known sorrow, I would imagine the greater capacity you have for joy. I 100% agree. I would think, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I 100% agree. And I will take that one step further, kind of going back to how you started. I think the greater our need, the bigger our grief, the bigger the hole, the more that we experience the filling of the Lord. So like when you're describing your initial moments, right, of, of hearing, you know, about your husband's passing and the Lord came in, like he was there, you felt his hand on you. There will be some people who never experienced that if they never experienced that great of a loss. Um, I remember feeling that way too, slightly. I mean, I, I, I don't want to do comparative, like, oh, your grief is worse than mine or whatever, no, but, no. um, throughout all of my years of singleness is pretty defined by loneliness. I think, even though I had an amazing family and amazing community, like it doesn't matter how much you try to build community as a single person, there's still loneliness that kind of follows you. It's mm -hmm. your companion. <laughs> um, but God always filled that. And so there was always this rich, um, yeah, just, I had a very rich experience of the Lord, you know, because of that whole quote unquote in my life that, well, that I think, well, I would say, I, I think it's also because you allowed it him to fill that because, yeah. you know, sometimes that mm -hmm. you, I mean, because he's there, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, do you acknowledge it? And are you, are you so stuck in the bitterness portion of the grief that you can't see? Mm -hmm. And it is easier to look back and see it than it is to see it in the moment. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a very important thing to do is continuously look back at the, at the day yesterday mm -hmm. and how did God show up for me today? Mm -hmm. So how do people let God help heal their grief or like, I guess it's not being healed from the way that you're describing it. It never really goes away. So how do they let God, um, hold them through it or support them through it or like whatever the yeah, restore, the restore, restore. I think that that's, that's one of the words that I really like. And, um, and I have a, a Bible verse. I don't know where it is. I will find it in a moment, mm -hmm. but that I, I think that the real, the real thing is to acknowledge that everything can be used for good. Now this moment, is it good? No, I will say like in that, mm -hmm. in the grief, that, that hard moment when you're sitting on the floor and you just got the news of whatever your news is, um, it doesn't feel good, mm -hmm. but I think it's a choice. And I honestly think that you you should start making the choice right now, whether you have a loss or not to allow God to, to work through you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, and if you, and if you didn't, if you're grieving a loss and you haven't done your pre-work, um, it doesn't matter. He will pick you as soon as you tell him you want his help. As soon as you tell him you need him to, to show you the way. And then you have to yeah. be open for how he says it. Yeah. How, you know, how he shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I know for me and some of my breakups, which were some of the most heart wrenching things for me, 
Um, because again, it wasn't always necessarily about the guy. It was about the dream dying again, the -hmm. dream dying again, the questions, the loneliness again. And I had some pretty, I had some doozies, multiple, not just one or two, but then like another one and another one and another one. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, but like you said, I would always pretty quickly after the initial shock, get to the point where I would cry out to the Lord and say, I need you to help me. I need you to help me get over this. I need you to help me feel better. I need you to help me see the truth. I need you to find my heart back That's up. That's good. See the truth. That That is really good. Because even yeah. like there's truth in, in all of it yeah. that he can reveal to you. And he would show up, but we have to ask. We do. We have to ask. I mean, we have to want to, yeah. um, I don't know, feel better? What's What would you say there? Well, and not even feel better because sometimes you, you may not be in that place where you want to feel better yet. I think that sometimes like in the early, the grief felt good. It felt safe in the sorrow instead of trying to push through it. Um, yeah, because you knew you'd be faking it. Right. And you're right. like, I don't need to force this healing no. or pretend. Fake it till That's you make it. Awesome. Like that doesn't, like, yeah, okay. there is no place. Mm-hmm. Um, but allowing him to hold your grief for you, allowing him to, um, to not allow it to consume you. That's Mm -hmm. one thing that, um, and for me, he, he worked through, um, friends. He worked through writing. Um, he worked through, like, there's different things where I can see that were gifts from him, Mm -hmm. um, that, and, and yeah, it's like, it's one of those that you don't really recognize until afterwards that I'm like, now I see why he had me do this. Now I see why, you know, my friends were who they are, mm-hmm. but, but I know that if you don't ask, he's not going to force himself on you. Like if, if, and I think that's one of the things that really, if you yeah. want to stay in your grief and you want to stay in that deep, raw pain, yeah, he will, he'll he'll stand there and be behind you with his hand out to you. And he'll just let you go until you're ready to ask him to, to hold on to you. I know that to be true. (laughs) Every time in my heart of hearts that I would get so mad at God that I would kind of walk away Mm -hmm. and then I would turn around and see if he was still there, you know, see if he was like mad at me or had left me. He never had, you know, he was always right there and he was always very compassionate very like, I'm not even mad at you. Like, I know how hard this is. I know it hurts. I never got a lot of answers. I mean, I asked for 18 years, like why (laughs) now that I'm even married, I still don't understand why, but. And I think that's even the wrong answer. Like I are the wrong question. Mm -hmm. I think that we don't get why answers because sometimes it, whether, because if we understood why, I don't know if that would bring us the peace that we think we want. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's really like, it's really what now? I think it's a really good question to ask. Okay, God, what, what now? Learn. Yes. And, um, okay. and yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then it's also the question that anytime I would ask him why, he would say, and I was like, why me, Lord? He was like, why not you? Yeah. He's like, and with that, and at, at first you may see that's like a little bit harsh, but I, oh, I mean, sure. but no, I think that for me, it made me realize that there's, so much more to pain. There's mm-hmm. so much more that I, the wisdom of grief is not something I would ever want to lose that mm-hmm. I would not give anything 
to to lo- and lose the wisdom that I have and the, the relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I pushed the why question with God and I did sometimes, yeah, I would eventually, if I pushed hard enough, I would get the, well, you don't like, you don't deserve anything, Rebecca. I mean, I would get the theological truth of, but all is good grace. All is good grace. And I, I get it. I see that some of your friends are married and have kids and have double incomes or don't, they don't have the money stress or they don't have the questions about why support they, yes. Yeah. They've got the physical relationship or whatever, all these things I get it, but you know what? It's not like you, they deserve any of that either. It's all good grace. And what you get is all good grace. And, and really you get all of me, which is the best thing. So let's not play a comparison game here, you know? So yeah, when we push God too hard, he usually does give us (laughs) The hard answers, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I needed it. I mean, for me, I was kind of prideful and entitled, and I needed that in my life. I needed God to humble me, and that was, you know, asking those kind of questions and getting those answers from Him was, yeah, obviously His plan for me. Uh, well, um, for me as well, as that's one of the things that realizing that the grief is that I wasn't the only one grieving, and that I, you know, everyone around me had different type of grief. Um, and it looked different, but it wasn't just about me. And, you know, and that's one thing that he worked on me and realizing that like, okay, there's more to it than this. If it was just for me, it would have been a wasted experience, but it wasn't. How has God made beauty out of your grief? Well, I mean, first I look at my two kids who are, you know, they're I'm not going to lie. They're teen, you know, teenager, preteen, the hormones are, the struggle's real. The, <laughs> um, but I look at how grief has shaped them and the compassion and how they can sit with people who are grieving in a way that adults can't do it. Um, they can talk with people who are hurting mm-hmm. and I can see how their lives, because I mean, grief is all they've known. And, um, and I won't get on the childhood grief because that's a whole nother conversation. But when kids grieve, um, every developmental milestone, their grief starts over. So it is, we have re-grieved every time they hit, you know, every year or two, we've started over from the beginning. And which means that I have to process the grief again. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at that and realized the depth of character is a beautiful thing. And for them to be so yeah. young to have that, yeah. um, I will say that sitting with people who are hurting and understanding and being able to sit with them and, and not know what grief they, they have and not try to match their grief, but just to sit with them in that energy of, I get it. Yeah. Um, I, that is also like a gift of grief that I, I mean, before I, you know, I, like, again, I was a people person. I could talk to anybody and I, and I cared about people, but the gift of grief has allowed me to sit with them in a way that is about them, not about me. It's not about what I can do to help. Yeah. So much, um, purpose. And I would imagine just long-term kingdom impact, like knowing that you have that ability or yeah, gift to gift. be able to do that yes. with that it's mm-hmm. and I, it's something I'm thankful for, and I and I thank yeah. God every day for it, and realize that I had to go through something profound in order to give back like that. Yeah, 
It's so beautiful. Um, I think a lot of women live afraid um, until something happens to them. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe once something bad happens, they're more afraid. I mean, but, but I think mostly what I see is um, once people have kind of gone through it, I'll just use a breakup or something that I know. Um, once you've gone through it a few times, like it still hurts really bad. And, and it, it actually, sometimes the anger or whatever gets more intense, but I did know after the first one, oh, this isn't going to kill me. Like, oh, I can't survive this. Oh, God is going to be there for me. Mm -hmm. uh, once you kind of go through the hard thing, it takes the fear out of it. You realize that God is with you. You can handle it. You are tough enough to do hard things. Um, and I think a lot of women who have, I don't want to say easy, but let's say um, lives where they haven't experienced major loss yet, mm -hmm. ruin their current day-to-day -day by living in fear of that. They live here of what if my husband leaves me? What if something happens to one of my kids? What if COVID kills yeah. some of my family? Like, and that makes me sad. It makes me sad that we don't trust God enough to be there for us, to get us through it, to give us the grace in the moment. If it is going to happen to us, you know, if it's going to happen to you, God is going to be there with you to get you through it. You just have to believe that or else you're not going to be able to live your day-to-day -day life the way oh. that you're designed to live it. And I, I truly believe when I looked back, I realized how God had prepared me for this walk. Mm. And I don't think that I'm special in that. Like he gave me, he prepared me um, right. and he wouldn't have prepared anybody else. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is I, I'm willing to look back and see and acknowledge like, mm -hmm. and I see how all of the different events that didn't really make sense. And then when I see it, cause I do think that he, he knows, he knows what the future holds. He does. And, and so when you're living in fear of things like that, you are, all you're doing is robbing yourself of today. You're robbing yourself of the joy of the moment yeah. and realize that, I mean, tragedy can happen in a moment yeah. or it may not happen until you're 90. Like yeah. it's, you don't know. Yeah. So why, why fret about it now? Yes. Like, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, if and, anything, I hope people are hearing from your story, like, okay, wow, God was with her. Like, yes, like God really yes. did produce beauty out of ashes. So maybe I can chill. Maybe I can relax and believe that if God brings me to it, I, it's such a cheesy phrase, but right. like bring oh, me yeah. through it. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe well, that's actually true. And if it is true, man, can't we all just like take a deep yes. breath? Uh, exactly. The other thing is faith is the antidote, antidote to fear. Mm -hmm. So if you really have fear and whatever your fear is, take it to God and, and work on faith in that area. So mm -hmm. you don't limit your your experience today you don't right. limit your joy today um, right and don't listen to the enemy it's not it what even if it's going to be true in the future it is not true right now so yeah. don't live like it is why grieve something twice yeah i heard that phrase once why grieve something twice yeah. or fear something twice if you well, have and i will and i will fear. say yeah that this it's different if you have a loved one who's terminal who who is dying and you are grieving right now that like and you are that's a that's not what we're talking about here. no this, that's not what we're talking that about that is that's and, a real thing that's really happening yes yeah, and know that yeah yes and know that if your loved one is not redeemed here on earth that that grief is going to change and become more intense like you're the grief you have now as you're caring for them is going to be different mm. if you know if god does not heal them and takes them to heaven mm -hmm. it's 
but it doesn't, you know, but you, if you don't have that, if you don't have something to grieve, then don't grieve it. Mm -hmm. Like really step in faith. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple more things here. We might go over, I might have to break this into two episodes and that'll be fine. Cause it's gold. This stuff is so good for the people listening right now who aren't experiencing any kind of grief or loss. I hope what we just talked about is really encouraging to them that they'll kind of just check their spirit of fear and check their, their anxiety, with the Lord, and let that stuff go like on a new level that they'll let that stuff go and trust God to be there. If there, if, if X, Y, and Z were to come to pass, like even if then God kind of thing. Right. Um, but for the people that are listening right now that are in it, okay, there's some kind of loss of identity, some kind of loss of a dream, some kind of loss of a loved one, some major loss that has rocked their heart, their world, their picture of how it was supposed to be. What advice do you have for them? Well, one thing that I will tell them is, um, I didn't, I, you know, fear and grief, we already talked about how they, they're hand in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about how one is not like the other. However, as it was C.S. Lewis who talked about how he didn't realize that grief looks so much like fear. And mm -hmm. I think that the, the first thing you need to do when you are grieving is what fears are you experiencing mm -hmm. and identify your fears yep, yep, yep. Um, because then that's what you, then you know what to take to the Lord. Like exactly. flat out, like that is you, the first step, I mean, you know, first step is to pray, but sometimes we don't even know what to pray. Sometimes, you know, just, but if you're looking for restoration, you're looking for healing, you're looking to just survive your grief, identify what fears you have. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a long time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that your listeners are familiar with the Enneagram. I know you talk about Enneagram mm -hmm. and I will say that that is a really good place to start. When I paired the Enneagram with my grief, mm -hmm. um, I was able to heal in a whole different level. Okay. And um, just knowing the more, more differently. Yeah. Because yeah. then I could see how, like, oh, it really was. I, you know, I'm an Enneagram one. Yeah. And, you know, things I needed it to be mm -hmm. right. I needed encouragement. I didn't, you know, I lost my main encourager, you know, and I needed God to fill that. And by, by understanding or, that and then be able to say to God, I'm afraid I'm never yes. going to have an encourager again. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so identify your fears and take those to, to God. So one, they don't come consume you. And right. two is he can help you in those specific ways and you will feel them. When you say, so they don't consume you. What do you mean? I mean, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm asking what I think the people on the other end are just gonna are dying in their own car. They're like, "What does she mean?" <laughs> yes. Well, consume you if again, like we talked about before, is grief can become your identity, and right. that pain, that raw pain, becomes who you are, and you completely lose yourself in there. Right. And right. you can't see you you dive so deep into it that you can't see a way out. Right. And for the people that might be in that situation, obviously both of us recommend yep. quality uh, Christian counseling or coaching Absolutely. <laughs> as well as a general Christian life coach and tell everybody really quick what you do. Yes. So I call myself a restoration and confidence coach. And really when you are, you, you've done your grief work and you're ready to have a, rest, a restored spirit, when you're ready to find your 
your purpose, your calling, you know, the, the reason why you went through what you went through and you're ready, you're, it's, and I will tell you, it's not about setting your grief down. It's about taking, you know, your grief story isn't your, the center of your story anymore. When you're ready to, to move through it, mm-hmm. then that's what I love to do. I love to help people on the restoration pathway. Mm-hmm. I love to, to work with women who've been through really hard things and want to find their purpose out of it. Mm-hmm. Who want to find their identity? How can even if it's just in their own home, yeah, so just good. to uh, and the people around them because we need your wisdom. You so, didn't go through what you went through right. for just you. Yeah, we, yeah. we need you to be. Yeah. To, yeah. To Don't lose it. yourself in it, but let it, like you said, deepen your identity. Yes, let it. Yeah, I just I love that so much. I'm obviously I'm all about identity and confidence as well, and um. So you're able to help those women who are kind of through the initial stages of major grief. Yes. Um, and, and if anybody's in well, that any- place of like initial stages, that's more counseling, like where would you direct yes. them? Um, I would, yes, I definitely say, you know, go to grief counseling, go to grief share, do your grief work. Mm. Um, and, and again, we do a lot of grief work as well, but it's different. It's a different focus because mm-hmm. it's what now? It is, how do I use this and how do, how do I allow it? Like I mentioned, how do I release, you know, the hand, the grip on grief so that way I can pick up life again? Mm-hmm. Because if you are breathing, you have a purpose on, in this world. Mm-hmm. If you are waking up in the morning and you, yeah. you're not done, God needs you yeah. to, to be you, to, yeah. to cling to him. Important. What you've been through is important. So important. So uniquely you, and you have things to offer the world that nobody else, you know. Exactly. Yeah. We need your perspective on that. And so that's what I, I like to do is help women realize that they don't have to set down their grief to pick up their life. I love it. And they can really live a joyful life. So good. And hold on to sadness and joy and have a full, beautiful, beauty so from ashes type of life. And you're a perfect example of that. Well, thank you. I know it's always hard to take those kind of like, <laughs> I feel weird too. When people say stuff like that to me, I'm like, okay, but because we know it's all God, right? Like we do. absolutely, And 100%. I know you know that too, but truly, I mean, I want you to know that I'm blessed and encouraged by your, by God's faithfulness to you. Okay. You. Um, you've chosen to let him be faithful. You've chosen to pick up joy and choose joy and also honor your grief. And I hope that just for everybody listening today, I mean, there's so many takeaways, right? Like there's so many things we hit on that are like, before I kind of wrap it up with those things that I feel like were our, our main takeaways. Sure. Is there anything we've talked about that, that today that you were like, that was just like even good for you to hear? Well, I think when you, I love the conversation about grief. That's not only the loss of a loved one. I think that it, we focus on that. And when you hear grief, that's what you assume. And yeah. so some, there's so much grief in the world that, and, and with COVID and everything, I mean, you, you've lost a way of life. And I think that, so we downplay it because it's not as severe or we deny it. Mm-hmm. And again, if it, if it's something that changes you, if it's something, if it's a loss that shapes mm-hmm. your core, then identify it as grief and, and mm-hmm. allow it to work through you. Mm-hmm. don't muffle it simply because you don't think it measures up to somebody else's because you're really, lo- you're, you're losing that wisdom that you could learn through it. 
Yeah. And that important part of yourself. I mean, I'm such an advocate of emotional intelligence. And by that, I mean, like being able to name our emotions and kind of own them, not sit in them, not let them control our life. But if you're having an emotion, it is part of you. And the more that you deny your emotions, the more that you're denying yourself. And this is how men and women are like, I don't really know who I am. Like, I, I feel disconnected from myself or God. Okay. Because all of those emotions that you're mm-hmm. totally denying is they are you. Yes. They're not always true. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in coaching, I tell women like, just cause you're having an emotion doesn't mean it's true, but it is real. It yes. is real. And it's really a part of you. And it's really coming from somewhere and it really needs to be looked at. And guess what? When you do that work, you'll feel in touch with yourself again and your confidence and your identity and all these things will start to return to you. And so even though feelings like disappointment or grief right. or all the kind of negative feelings, we want to avoid them, but I, it almost feels like Satan's way of like keeping us all detached from ourself, from Absolutely. our real true self or our real th- true calling, <laughs> you know, well, like you mentioned, you know, to experience this high level of joy, you know, when you experience mm-hmm. the sadness and things you can, mm-hmm. it amplifies the joy and the devil doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, again, the benefit I believe in, in counseling, coaching, great mentorship, small, small group gatherings is that for people that aren't used to facing their emotions on their own, and it can be really scary, right? They're sitting in their house going, I don't want to dig up what happened to me when I was a child, or I don't want to think about this potentially breaking up with this guy I've dated for four years, or just these emotions that feel overwhelming to people. It's like, don't go through it alone. No, no. Call somebody, let somebody sit with you while you feel that emotion flow through you and pass through you and learn with them in that moment and you'll be okay. Yes. And I am not a huge fan of social media, but that's one gift of social media is you can find like experienced people. You can find a group of people who've been through similar. And I mean, you have to filter it. You want one that is edifying and uplifting. You don't want one that just circles in, in shame and guilt, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I mean, don't go alone, find a tribe, find somebody who's mm-hmm. been through it mm-hmm. and sit with them. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. It's so good. Everything we've talked about as we get ready to wrap it up here, is there anything that's just like pressing on your mind or your heart? Or you're like, I have to say this. I want the people, you know, out there listening to also know this, anything else that you would add? Well, and I'm just going to reiterate the you don't have to release your grief in order to to live your life to live a life of joy like you really don't allow it to become your companion but don't let it be the center of your life your grief does not have to be the center of your story Mm. you get to choose and you get to rewrite your your every chapter every day Mm. Uh, i just want to keep talking I know <laughs> every sentence you say, I have another question. I'm like, and then this, so what about that? Okay. But we're, we are going to wrap it up. Tell everybody who's listening, how they can find you. Yes. Um, so on, on Instagram and on Facebook, I'm at Tammy Marie coaching and that's T A M I Marie coaching. Um, I also have a podcast. It's called her restored spirit. And her you can restored find that, spirit. Her restored spirit. Awesome. And, um, yeah, find then, me um, on Instagram and reach out. Okay. Did you say website? Website, TammyMarieCoaching.com. Okay. And I'll link all of those things in the show notes for anybody who's listening who might want to get a hold of you. 
Yes. Thank you so much. It, it, it was a fun conversation and it's amazing how talking about grief can make me feel encouraged, but it did. Good.